I don't think the issue is that you would do something that feels better than a vagina. If look, uh, I think that if men in general, this is something we could maybe discuss. I think if men in general had 100% open access to vaginas all the time, yes. that like they would masturbate rarely. Yeah, I think so too. Hello, and welcome to Your Mileage May Vary. Your Mileage May Vary is a show that tackles subjects related to sex and relationships. We search the internet high and low for weird topics and then discuss them until they are fully settled. My co-host is Mike, who I will bring in here shortly. But first, the usual reminders. Please subscribe to our feed and your favorite podcast app. If you're feeling particularly motivated, go ahead and review us too. It really helps. You can like our Your Mileage May Vary Facebook page, or you can email us at ymmpod at gmail.com. Uh, Okay, Mike, I think our last episode was a bit too scatological, so I'm going to endeavor to steer clear of that uh, region today. Did you? Did anyone mention that to you? No, but it was mentioned to me that on the on the last episode, you used the term cis, cis male. Yes. And that enraged one of our listeners. Yeah. Because we're... Why? Because he can't tolerate the term, oh, the terminology. Uh, he he's He's an anti... Whatever, like you have social justice warriors, maybe you have like gender justice warriors, and he's an anti, an anti sort of trans yeah. warrior. Yeah. Um, I mean, his aversion to the term aside, do you disagree that we are sort of traditionally cisgendered and, and like some of the stereotypes that come with that? Yeah, no, I don't disagree with that at all. It's just that I, I can sort of, I can understand, um, I can understand what the, the complaint that when uh, sort of the historical norm for something has its has the terminology for it changed. So in other words, you know, you could say something like, look, why can't you just say gender and then have a new word for uh, when your gender and your sexual identity don't match instead of making, you know what I mean, making people change the, the term for yeah. the historical thing. Yeah. Well, you know, and I think cisgendered has almost become pejorative in some circles, which you know, I can. That's interesting. Does that mean that? So wait, is there some way I can stop being cisgendered and just be gendered? Uh, no, I think you have to express some sort of queerness to not be cisgendered. I think. I don't know. Man. Wait a minute. But my gender is male, right? My, I'm both cisgendered and gendered male, right? Correct. Yes. Okay. So I don't. Okay. Because, you see what I'm saying? It's a little strange to have cisgender be pejorative because there's you're uh that's a little bit like racism right you're 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 attacking me for something i actually can't change about myself so whatever yes but yeah i think we should move on before yeah we enrage the masses here um all right okay um i have a sort of light topic to launch with that emerged after a conversation with eric yesterday do you know what white claw is no he didn't either and i find this somewhat incredible okay so white claw is a seltzer alcohol drink. Um, it is 5% alcohol and 12 ounces is exactly 100 calories. So it's you know materially less than, than a beer. It's about the same as a light beer. And sales of, there's so there's a bunch of different brands. White Claw was the first and it is still the most popular, but there's Anheuser-Busch has a brand called Bon and & Vive and Boston Beer who makes Sam Adams has one called Truly. But uh, yeah, they, they did like, 
like I think like six hundred or seven hundred million dollars of sales last year. And uh, for the first time in like decades, wine sales were not up last year. And these drinks are extremely popular amongst young people. Like, I think if you talk to anyone under the age of 30 and said you hadn't heard of White Claw, they would be sort of like equally stunned. What's the, I knew that, I knew that wine sales had declined. Yeah. Um, but I mean, there are other things like the, well, I guess that would, so, you know, there, there are tariffs now on European wines, although that wouldn't affect say California wines. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, like I, so I didn't. I didn't know it was because there was an alternative beverage. Yeah, I mean, I, just I think generally things been, like that. Yeah, there's been sort of like almost like a revolution amongst young people drinking this weird seltzer booze. It's it's not bad. I mean, it's just sort of flavorless. Um, what's yes? What's the rationale for? Is it the calorie count, or I mean, yeah, what's the rationale for people, people changing? I think that people generally are pretty paranoid. Uh, women in particular are paranoid about the number of calories in the alcohol they consume, right? You know, that's why like vodka tonics are, are so popular amongst women anyway. Um, well, I don't know why light beer exists. I guess that's the sort of marketed towards women. Um, but yeah, I think this drink like makes people, it's like a guilt-free way of, or it makes them feel less guilty about binge drinking. So you're basically removing the, uh, uh, interpreting what you're saying, the only calories in the drink are from the alcohol. I mean, alcohol itself has a lot of calories, but you're basically saying they, there's no sugar, there's no malt. Yeah, I mean, you know. uh, yeah, that's right. Like, I, I mean, I think light beers are around uh, 100 calories as well. For sure, but a light beer doesn't have 5% alcohol. Probably. Sure. Maybe it does. I, I'm guessing they're about close. I mean, because with light beers, I mean, the companies are competing to get the calories as low as possible. So, you know, there has to be some in to like still have the beer flavor, but I think they do that mostly with chemicals, not with actual you know, malt or whatever. Sure. I was just thinking they would, the obvious thing is to lower the alcoholic content. And then I, I sort of thought a light beer also had less alcohol, but yeah. who knows? Um, Eric pointed out that this is sort of like this generation Zima or something. Yeah. I mean, you also had wine coolers. Yeah. I think those still exist, but yeah, wine coolers have like an almost, they have like a negative association with them a little bit. Well, this probably will too. Yeah. Eventually. I mean, like, yeah, like you're <laughs> whatever. I mean, you're competing against wine and beer, which are like multiple thousands of year old beverages. Right. And so it's kind of obvious you're just going to wind up in this this area where it's just kind of embarrassing later yeah. because it's not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah I mean, Zima, I, I, I wonder if they even manufacture it anymore. So can you go to a grocery store and buy a, like a case of white cloth? Yes. It, in fact, if you go to any like gas station or corner store, you will see they have like maybe even an entire cooler dedicated to these seltzers now. Hmm. Like all the and ones, it's all always... the little places, all the little whatever in, in Manhattan, they'd call them bodegas, but like all the little stores around my house. Um, yeah. Like have big areas for it. I'll definitely go look for it now that I know about it. And, 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 and it's always... The brand is always White Claw or there's like 10 different No, brands? there's a bunch of different ones. But they come in like sort of cheery casing, like White Claw. I, the marketing is almost all white. Like the box is white and it looks, you know, clean and uh, I don't know, locale somehow. Yeah, I'm thinking that I have seen these because I, ju I just would have to – like if you started listing off brands, I suspect you'd come upon one that I would yeah. recognize the name of. I, I, yeah, I wouldn't drink it. Just because it's sort of a funny name. Sure. Sure. And well, it sounds like that's what people ask for in bars. Yeah. So it is. Got yeah. The... I mean, well, yeah. And, and, and whatever. The reason why I brought this up is that I couldn't believe Eric hadn't heard of it. And then I was like, okay, I'm going to ask Mike. And 
yeah, yeah, there's there's some sort of like, I don't know, generational thing here or something. I don't. Oh, for sure. I mean, it makes sense though, because because in order to have heard of that, uh, they may or may not be allowed to advertise on TV. Uh, probably not. Or I, I haven't. I'm I not don't sure, remember seeing that. Yeah. And so you then, yeah, in order anyway, or yeah, yeah, I think they yeah, can you'd have to be, TV, but you'd have to be ordering with somebody. And, and and by the way, there's there's something a little bit flawed about what you're saying because uh, there is this kind of rise of like hipster brew pubs mm-hmm. that are that are serving all kinds of different beers, and so that that obviously is cutting against that a little bit. Yes, I, yeah, I think beer and craft beer is you know growing in a. And actually, incidentally, I have been several times to bars with people in that age demographic within the last six months, and nobody ordered the. I think, but it was. I think you're yeah. going to notice now. We'll see. You you, you should report back. Um, yeah. Okay. But I, I bet you do. I do. I I actually did pay attention to what people ordered because I was just because of like some curiosity about if there were changes there, and it. Uh, yeah, it was just it was sort of not. Um, they there were a couple of drinks that were ordered. I specifically remember this where I didn't know what they were, but then I I actually asked. I said, "What what is in that?" And it was just uh, it wasn't interesting. There was nothing I'd never heard right. of once you vodka and cranberry yeah. or something. Yes, exactly. Okay. Um, all right, let's move on. So um, we talked last episode about um, <laughs> women not knowing that they're not having orgasms, and I got some negative feedback about that too. But so I wanted to read the. Wait, wait, wait. I want to hear the negative feedback. Um, I mean, it, it turns out that uh, women do not like being accused of not knowing whether or not they're having an orgasm. Of course. Yeah. Of course they don't like that. But, but I mean, is there more to the... Yeah. I mean, that, that that's like kind of table stakes, right? I would expect... Yeah. I, I would expect that. I mean... I thought we adequately caveated that we weren't saying that ourselves. We were, we were commenting on other people discussing it, but... Oh, I'm definitely saying that. <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it, just because it's it's just because it's logical. It's logical. It's not there isn't with a man. If you said that about a man, just from first principles, I would say, look, this isn't logical because a man can tell if he ejaculates or not. It's just obvious. Yeah, there's some fairly but obvious for a woman, evidence. And also, like, and also because of the role of ejaculation in the reproductive process, like it makes sense that like biologically it would be really straightforward. Otherwise there would be no humans. So there's just this basic, like sort of, um, obvious reason it would need, but, but for women, like, yeah, I mean, it, it, it makes sense to me that like very straightforwardly, there could be confusion about that. Um, and also it makes sense to me that it would enrage some women because they don't want to be mansplained to, and that's fine. Like, yeah, yeah look, I, mean, I think everything here makes sense. I think, I think, yeah, the the devil is in the details. Like, I think people would disagree about what percentage or something of women don't know they're having orgasms. But let me read this. Let me read this thing in the week. All righty. So this is uh, to women who are unsure whether or not they have had, quote unquote, real orgasms. Hi, longtime lurker and first time poster. So I, 29 year old female, so she's 29 years old, spent my whole life not knowing until today what an orgasm really felt like. I'd used vibrators since my early 20s. So she was, you know, masturbating. Uh, and was pretty satisfied with them until I got a fancier rabbit model. And now after 10-ish uses, whoa, it finally truly happened. When I masturbated before, I always felt a kind of involuntary twitching, uh, followed by very intense, sometimes painful sensations, so much that I had to stop right away before feeling disappointed that I couldn't climax. I thought the twitching was the orgasm and was a little unimpressed. But today, for the first time, I can say with some confidence that I had my first real orgasm. 
First, I thought I had to use the very upper tips of the bunny ears to stimulate the clit. Uh, she's getting fairly anatomical here, but I'm, I'm going to continue. And was getting very pleasurable results by doing this. But today, I thought I'd try to place the dildo part deeper so that the clit was getting more stimulus through the base uh, of the joint bunny ears, which form a V-shape. I'm not quite following this, but okay. All right. You're not following it? It makes sense I, I guess me. so, yeah. So it's in deeper. She's just jamming it in deep right. there, and yeah. It's, and it's straddling her clit like more effectively, I guess. That's right. Um, that way, the tips of the ears were stimulating the vulva, and I felt a deeper overall stimulus instead of a stronger one just on the surface. Also, I had better luck using the pulsating vibration setting on the vibe instead of the continuous vibration setting, smiley face. So here we go. Uh, and the best way to describe it is that it has a very it has very little to do with the twitching sensation. The twitching makes me think it's just an involuntary reaction to being touched a certain way. To me, the real orgasm felt like there was a warm sensation building up and slowly spreading through your body. And then you start, or at least I did, to feel a pulsating sensation lining up with the building up sensation. And then you get a sort of explosion. Not too strong, but really pleasurable. I even got my ears ringing a little. Then you can't move or think for a little while, depending on how strong they were probably. I'm not sure all women experience them the same way, but I just wanted to share that in my case, I spent my life believing orgasms were one thing, a little underwhelming to be honest, and found out today that they felt like a completely different thing. It was a mind-blowing surprise, and I thought I'd share it with you guys in hopes of helping and encouraging more women to correctly identify their orgasm. So let me just comment on one thing here, and then you can react. Um, Yeah, I think it's interesting that there was a physical sensation that was different from the real orgasm that she was having, that she was misidentifying as an orgasm before she had an actual one. Well, that, I mean, I don't know about you, but that happens to men too, right? Sure. It's just that most men push past that when they're 12 or whatever and get to the actual thing. And so they understand there's a big difference. Right. But I mean, like that, like she actually describes the experience that a man can have pretty well, that there is some amount of like twitching or whatever. There's like involuntary muscle contractions that happen along the way to an orgasm. And like they are pleasurable. Uh, they can also happen after an orgasm. Like so so I could also so I've I've wondered before when you have these men who claim to have like five orgasms in a row and no refractory period. I've wondered that, like whether that's actually what's going on is that they again are misidentifying a certain uh, sensation, but, re- but, re- but regardless, like, yeah. So like the thing she's describing is extremely recognizable to me as a man, but like if, if, if there wasn't a clear end point, if I, if I didn't, you know, read on Wikipedia that I'm supposed to ejaculate, I might've, you know, might just stop and be like, oh, I just had an orgasm. And yeah, that was kind of lame. Yeah. Like that. I wonder, I wonder, okay, let, let's say X percent of women are, you know, so, all right. So, there's, there's 100% of women. There's some percent that have orgasms and know they're having orgasms. There's some percent that aren't having orgasms, but think they're having orgasms. I don't know what percent that is, but I wonder what percentage of the people who think they're having orgasms, but aren't after having read this would, you know, reconsider their, their belief that they are. But some, I don't know. Like, I mean, I think I... It's it's so subjective, right? Yeah. And so, well, I, I'm actually curious. Like, I, I mean, like I don't, I don't know. Like, with with, I mean, as you pointed out, with men, it is not at all subjective. Um, right. I, I'm actually genuinely curious what the the enraged feedback or whatever angry feedback that you got was. Aside from just, was there something in addition to? I mean, it's just the general mansplaining. It's just the general comment that yeah, we're we're, we're sort of we don't have a female perspective and our you know, sort of musings on various parts of the female body are, um, you know, unwoke or 
inference or whatever. Well, the re- yeah, I mean that's that's all true. Although, I mean, like there 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 are various things people have done. Like for example, if uh, if you remove any specific references to genitals and have people write down descriptions of orgasms, it's their male and female descriptions are indistinguishable. They've done like fMRI studies, yeah. and the thing that's happening in your brain is the same. The contractions are the same. Like I, like so, um, one of my base uh, one of the base things, my sort of base assumptions is that it's very similar, which I think is very well-founded because like for obvious reasons, like we're 99.999% the same. Um, and so when the, actually the thing that kind of raises my, uh, hackles or whatever, the thing that like makes me suspicious is when a person describes something that's vastly different from my experience, because I just, I'm pretty sure my experience is pretty normal. And so things like having 73 orgasms in a row, or saying like orgasms are just totally boring and don't feel that good. Like these are all things where you're like that. This this doesn't sound exactly right. Um, uh, but the other thing is like it's sort of unfortunate if the feedback is just purely about like our our status of being able to, to talk about it because I actually think it really is an interesting topic for anybody because uh, not just for women to talk about because it's interesting that and and does sort of have an impact on sex and relationships very broadly if you have this huge set of women who who actually aren't on some level enjoying sex in the way that like men do like it makes it it makes a pretty big difference and it's like i think it's like a broadly applicable i don't think i don't think it has to be mansplaining it's like an interesting topic so i think that's well said and I, i basically agree with everything you're saying i think what's going on is that there's a certain tone that men can take that it is a dog whistle for other thoughts like i can't remember what senator it was that was talking about legitimate rape um yeah i remember that he was like yeah like if a if a woman is actually raped her body will reject the semen and she can't get pregnant that way and that's yeah that's so like that's that's obviously incorrect that's unacceptable yeah that's absurd yeah i mean i think like some of yeah yeah i think some women are like particularly sensitive to men speaking in a certain way about female bodies because it's like a you know yeah yeah, it's like a dog whistle for for other beliefs but uh, i think what you just said is is also right and i think both those things can be can be true um there was one other thing in this uh, in this Reddit thread, uh, where somebody says, you know, they're con- congratulating about her, about having an orgasm. She, uh, this person says, congratulations and be careful. Don't get death grip and not be able to enjoy intercourse with another person. So death grip. Well, okay. Can, can you describe what death grip is? Well, it's usually referred to men. Um, and it's basically a situation where a guy grabs his penis too tightly while masturbating and then makes it so like essentially any stimulation other than his own hand uh, is insufficient because like nobody in the world is going to be willing to grip your penis as hard as you are because like since they don't have that uh, tactile feedback, they're going to literally think to themselves like I'm going to chop off his, you know, I'm going to like, you know, remove all the blood circulation here. Yeah. And so, yeah, that I've, causes problems. Uh, yeah. So, you know, I've heard of death grip. I've heard people complain about it. It seems like Maybe that maybe we're going to get back into this thing where like I don't know like the the contours of my penis are are different than the average penis, but it's hard to imagine a situation whereby a vagina is not going to feel better than anything I can do with my hand. It's not a matter of I don't think it's a matter of better or worse. I think it's a matter of like um, the stimulation you get used to, and so it's like uh, okay. You've probably been with a partner before who did not, who when giving you a blow or a hand job, obviously her vagina, she has relatively less control over. Yeah. Um, 
a lot less control, right? Well, but, and I can, uh, say, I can control things a bit there too. Yeah. Yep. Go on. Yeah. I mean, that's like, but okay. So let's just say your hand. Yep. You've probably been with a partner who, when using her hand on your penis, just like applied so little pressure that it was like, this isn't doing anything. I've, I've had that experience. And, um, <laughs> yeah, it's just sort of frustrating. And like you, you know, you wind up having to sort of take matters into your own hands or sort of guide them or whatever. Like you just kind of have to change the situation. Well, okay. So you can, so you, you see that and there's, so, so there's some, there is a, a case where increasing pressure, uh, adds to your stimulation. And so you can then think like, okay, you know, you can just keep, keep, keep going down that roller coaster of like, Oh, if I add more and more and more pressure, uh, and the issue—I don't think the issue is that you would do something that feels better than a vagina. If look, uh, I think that if men in general, this is something we could maybe discuss. I think if men in general had 100% open access to vaginas all the time, yes. that like they would masturbate rarely. Yeah, I think so too. Although, although I've there are people we've talked to before. I think both of us have talked to where men who will claim, no, 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 like I, there's a separate habit I have of masturbating and it can actually be as good or better. But I- Well, I think the chore of foreplay and the cleanup and all that stuff can be sort of like, like sometimes people just want to get it taken care of quickly. Yeah, but sure. Let's, but let's imagine, yeah. <laughs> it's hard to imagine. I know what you're going to say here. You're going to be like, okay, there's some situation where it's like a woman that you don't need to talk to before or after she's, you know. Well, like you're like the the sultan and you have a harem or something and like you have you have like a hundred wives and so you're sort of supposed to have sex with each one, whatever, like, or whatever. I guess then it could be a chore. That's like another issue yeah. the other direction. But yeah, I understand like, the you know, so it could be set up here. Yeah. Like basically like your the vagina like simply feels better physically tactile in a tactile sense and like you have some additional stimulation of the other person's body right. and that generally is going to um lead to a stronger orgasm more fulfilling um but i don't think you know the main thing with this topic though is i don't think that's like exclusive right like it's not the fact that a vagina feels better doesn't prohibit someone from getting death grip well, uh, hold on but all right listen how old does the average person lose their virginity like 17 or 18 something like that it's probably younger, okay. but but sure. But let's say it's seventeen. Okay, and then they start masturbating at you know twelve or thirteen. So there's like this, and and like we, for those who don't know, like when you start masturbating, like it's not like it's something you dabble in from time to time. Like I think when people first figure out that like they can masturbate, they really sort of dive uh, headfirst into there and masturbate a lot. And so, you know, like the average man has masturbated hundreds, if not thousands, of times before their first their first like sexual intercourse. I would say it's got to be average. Hmm. I, I like. It, I bet it's. I bet it's typical. I bet like the mode, the most common, is like a thousand. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. Uh. Why? Do, yeah. Like, why isn't there this like epidemic of of death grip? Then. I think there is. I think there is. I think it's really. I mean, like, look, like, uh, when it, I think it's uh, really, really common. I don't want to. Unfortunately, anything <laughs> now I feel like self-conscious because anything I say about women, you could say is mansplaining. But I think that there's a very common thread, for example, on the sex subreddit of uh, teenage and early twenties women who say like guys are just not very attentive. And then, for example, if you read the um, uh, Sugar Lifestyle Forum uh, subreddit, which is 
women who are young but with significantly older men, a very common thread there is, oh, he's they're so much more attentive. And so like it sort of overcomes – there's several things that overcome the age gap. Like money probably helps overcome it, but also this attentiveness matters. Is that, and, is that death grip yeah. or is that just less selfishness? I think there's physical – well, yeah, but you see it's all bound up in the same like cloud, right? There's like physical death grip, but there's also like mental and emotional death grip of like, look, <laughs> look, I, mean, I don't know how common this experience is, but like I definitely had this experience of like, okay, you know, right. You start masturbating at whatever age, say 14. And there's this period of years when like you don't have access to women and it starts to kind of irritate you. You're like, look, uh, uh, there's all these women going around and I just have to beat off. <laughs> and you sort of don't like that. Yeah. And I, it makes it for me. It made it a little bit harder to connect when I actually had a girlfriend because it was like, uh, I'm still a little irritated by this. Like I wouldn't say angry, but I'm still a little irritated by the fact that like I had to spend all this time masturbating. And so it, it so it it definitely like led to less of an emotional connection when a woman was actually available, and it led to a more transactional mentality because my entire experience of sex up to that point was. You know, just beating off in the bathroom, or whatever, right? Which is extremely transactional. Um, but but yeah, so I think there's like an over. I think there's like an analogy between or a metaphor between the physical and the emotional. But I think you. But you also see the same thing with with women, uh, with these young women and the men. Like the, the woman is not able to pleasure the man the way she'd like to, and I think that has a lot to do with masturbation habits. And men, I think, as they get older, learn to tailor their habits to once you know that you have a woman available like at a reasonable cadence you know you don't you don't you don't have to go as crazy with masturbating huh i yeah i guess i just don't i've not had the issue where i was like huh i'm not able to achieve the sensation i want from this woman's vagina because of some sort of chronic masturbation issue. Okay, but 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 I, okay, fine. But I but I bet the following will ring true to you. Okay. If you let's say that you uh abstain let me no, that's not right. No, you can have sex. You can have sex with women, but you turn on and off or you dial up and down your masturbation habit. Okay, and 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 okay. If you do that, if you don't masturbate for a month, yeah. And then you have vaginal sex. I bet you would orgasm significantly qu quicker. Yes. Even if you've been having vaginal sex the whole time, I think you would orgasm significantly quicker. And you might even get to the point where, like, you have trouble not orgasming too quickly, like quicker than you'd like to. Whereas if you're masturbating regularly, e even if, and this is even if, it's not because like, oh, you masturbated right before you went on the date or whatever. No, no, it's not that. Like. Even if you had you have multiple sexual partners or something, so you have lots of vaginas, I still think that it would impact. And I don't know, maybe if you reflect about it, you would see this. I still think it would impact how how stimulating the sex is. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I guess I agree that masturbation, regular masturbation, probably mod moderates uh, orgasm intensity with partnered sex a bit. But it's not like it goes from like you know, let's say like my average like reported orgasm intensity would be 8.5. Now, it's not like it goes from 8.5 to 4.5. It goes from like 8.5 to, you know, 7 or whatever, or, or maybe even but higher. It, but it, it's lower. It's just, it's not like this massive issue. Yeah. Import, importantly, though, the proxy I'm pr uh, proposing here is not orgasm intensity. It's sort of like how long you can last 
how much control it's more more orgasm control like my if you've been masturbating regularly um i'm sure you've had the experience where you're just like i'm gonna have to basically make myself orgasm in this woman's vagina i have uh, yes yeah and and i i think that has to do with like masturbation technique yeah, and frequency right. okay and you've also i'm sure had the experience where it's like you're like i'm i can't this is gonna happen right unless you have to like that spectrum yes yeah, you have to think about baseball or pull out for a while and stuff like that. And I think that's like, that's, yeah. Anyway, I don't think we, we haven't even gotten yeah, to sorry. the crux yeah, of sorry. your death grip. So the reason here, I but... brought this up is somebody commented on the female version of death grip. And do you, do you know the term for this? You told me right before the show, and I've already forgotten yeah. it. So let's yeah, see. It's... Is it white, white claw? I no. actually thought white claw was going to be that. <laughs> no, <I> mean, <laughs> Just so you know. No, this is like a callback to the beginning of the episode. Yeah, it's dead vagina syndrome. And apparently this is like a common term. And yeah, it was, I, I was hoping you would know that term. And then I could be like, see, like, yeah. No, I mean, what white claw talk, about something, talk about something you'd think women would find offensive. I mean, that yeah, term. Okay. Sounds very, very <laughs> offensive to me. So this is the, this thread, I believe, is written by a woman. Let me read. All right. All right. The female version of death grip, uh, sometimes termed dead vagina syndrome, can be resolved. This, and this gets quite technical here by reducing the amount of time spent with high stimulus in the area. You can essentially retrain the clitoris and surrounding tissue to react to feeling again by switching up the way you stimulate it. There aren't too many studies, but this is a general consensus formed by this one person that the but the issues can typically be resolved with time and effort unless there are other underlying medical conditions in play. Here are some links for both sets of genitalia and the ways it can be helped. Um, I just like this this idea of like, you know, stimulating like the, the, the bottom of the labia instead of the top in order to like, you know, re retrain it to, to yeah, enjoy non-vibrating stimulus again. You know, the, the thing, and this, this goes back to the male death grip for a second. Like the thing that immediately made me think is like, you know, one of the reasons, one of the things that I think causes men to have this reaction is just like, you're trying to get your nut out kind of quicker. Mm -hmm. So like, if I, I was thinking to myself, oh, okay. So if a man, cause she said both genders and I thought, oh, if, well, if I wanted to do that, what would you, I imagined like a guy with like a feather or something like being really delicate with his penis. And then I was thinking, and I was like, what's the problem with that? And I immediately thought, well, the problem with that is it'll take four hours to ejaculate. Yeah. And like for men, it's like, you're just, you know, you just want to, you're just, you're just applying lube to the engine there. You don't, you're like the re, yeah, man, men, th this is, I think a key sex difference. Although I think there are women that are like this too, but, but most men just need to ejaculate like once every couple of days to otherwise, like it starts to bother you. Yeah. Uh, whereas I'm, I don't think women f typically feel that way. Um, Anyway, so it just made me think of that, uh, that, that, that's like another reason. And particularly for like a young, a teenager, like you could imagine a teenager like gripping tighter and tighter because they're just trying to get off faster. For women, I don't think it's that. For women, I think it's, um, it, it's just the technique they discover that helps them orgasm varies. Well, I think it and, often involves yeah. like fairly aggressive vibration coming from an electric motor. Yeah, there's okay. So we we talked about this before a little before the show. There's the main one I've heard of. That one obviously makes sense. Um, the main one I've heard of is women who masturbate with they lie on their stomachs and I've actually never encountered a woman doing this. I don't think, although there's a, I'm not sure, but I've, I, I, in my conscious knowledge where I knew it was going on, I haven't seen this, oh. but you, you lie on your stomach, you have a pillow between your legs and you sort of hump the pillow. And I'm trying to think if there's a word for that, but it's incredibly common on the sex subreddit. The women will say, oh, this is the way I masturbate. And like the problem with it is that it's just not conducive at all to a partnered 
uh, orgasm. Although I've wondered before if like a man could enter from the back uh, and it would be, but. Oh, they're like prone basically. Yeah. But I still think that wouldn't work because like she needs that pillow, like very, very accessible. And I think the man's body would force her to get on her knees a little bit and she wouldn't have anything against her cry. It would just be like, you could use like the arm of a sofa or something, but it's going to start getting really complicated really fast. And there are, it's somewhat common for women on the sex subreddit to have this technique and complain because they say, well, I want to be able to have an orgasm with my partner, but like my technique, but I do have orgasms and these are women where I'm sure they are having orgasms because they have this very specific technique that gets them there. Uh, so I have no doubt that they're actually having orgasms, but they're like, oh, and also they are aware that they're not with their partner. Uh, and they're like, hey, you know, how can I do this? And and and, and the advice is similar to what you said, you know, um, kind of retraining, like basically stop doing that and start doing something else. And of course, the problem that women will have sometimes is like they can't, they're unable to have an orgasm any other way. Like, so they stop doing that, but like nothing else works. Do you think you would be at all interested in sex if- yeah, if you couldn't reach orgasm having it. That's a really good question. I mean, I think that I think that question is another like really 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 significant male female difference. I think the answer for almost I don't know, you're the one who like is like, "Oh, I just love cuddling after sex," which I can't tell. Honestly, Keith, I can't tell whether that's I I I'm totally being honest here. I don't I I think it's like sort of a toss-up in my head between that you're telling the truth and that you have you date a woman who listens to this podcast and you want to say that so she'll be like oh he's so great yeah, like i'm not such sure a, I, such a great guy yeah i just don't i'm not sure if i believe you because it's like like my feelings after orgasm are so the opposite way that <laughs> it's like hard for me to, like and, and i'm just applying this filter of like i'm assuming i'm pretty normal and so i'm like can that be but okay uh but this is sort of this is sort of similar it's like i just think that the vast majority of men yeah, would not would not want to. And actually, there's a separate thing that goes on, which is you get blue balls, right? So it's so like if you if I had to have sex for 15 minutes and I couldn't have an orgasm, it would actually be painful later. So I think I would be actively repelled by sex then. Yeah, right. I mean, I yeah yeah yeah. I think it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just trying to imagine a situation whereby I could orgasm easily by myself, but basically couldn't at all with a woman. You know. I mean, I mean, some amount I, of myself, like, look, there is a certain part of me that like wants the other person to have pleasure, but I think I would be pretty frustrated. I think, I mean, I think that if, if the situation was that I could have sex with them for a period of time and then go, go and masturbate somewhere else. And by the way, like, this is not totally crazy thing. You can actually have this experience. Supposedly there's some sort of middle ground in the rub and tug or massage parlor industry mm-hmm. where, I mean, obviously they're the women who are basically operating as prostitutes yes. uh, who give you a massage and then give you a hand job or whatever. But supposedly I've read that it is culturally acceptable in some places to get your massage and then it's just, yeah, the woman leaves and then you're going to masturbate. And like that, uh, so if I had sex for say 30 minutes with someone Wait, and then they I- do something, They do just, something to basically fluff you and then they leave the room? They, well, they give you a, a massage, right? I mean like- like in most, I mean, I'm not sure how many massages you've had, but when there's a woman giving you a massage, like, and I'm sorry to, if there's a female masseuse listening to this, but like the truth is that like when you're getting a massage from a woman, unless she's like really, really unattractive, like in most cases, the guy would be okay with it if you just get, jerked him off after. Like it's, it, it's, you know, like as a man, as a man, like 
men never have their bodies like massaged like that. It's not like a common experience. Like women, maybe it's more common because their bodies are more attractive, but men, like nobody ever massages your body. And so it's just so connected in your mind that like it's your mind go. I mean, I'm not sure if you've had this. Have you had the same experience while getting a massage from uh, arousal? From a woman? Arousal and just, but not just that, but just sort of a connection like, oh, like you would be less, like let's say the masseuse is kind of unattractive, mm-hmm. but after 30 minutes of being massaged by her, you'd probably be like, okay, like I'll, I'll have sex with you. Yeah. I'm trying to, so I, uh, I'm trying to think. I, I get massage often because I run a lot, but it's all by men. I'm trying to think like I was in Southeast Asia last year for like three or four months and I got a ton of massages and they were mostly by women, but they were mostly by women in their like, you know, fifties or whatever. Um, I mean, these must, I guess I'm just operating off a stereotype here, but I'm assuming that in Southeast Asia, like those, you have a high propensity for those to be places you could, I, yeah, I don't I know mean, if you partook It depends or not. where you go. Like if you're in like a, like tourist neighborhood, I think not just because they don't want- You could see that going- You could see it going either way. way. Like on one hand, yeah. you know, certain tourists would be like so uh, aghast if something like that was happening that they don't want to risk, you know- confusion or, or irritating someone. And then on the other hand, because of the stereotype, some people might be sort of like expecting that. And yeah, anyway, I, I'm not sure exactly, but I was not, I don't know if I've had like a massage from a, a woman who was sufficiently attractive for me really to like test or know this hypothesis. Okay. So you're actually saying no, that like you, there is, I'm not sure I've had the- that experience. But I'm I'm not saying I wouldn't be at least mildly aroused either. Like, I just don't know. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's just, I, I have noticed mentally that it like, it, there, it, like, it, yeah. It, I mean, it's sort of obvious, but it sort of decreases the boundary between you and the person yeah. because they're there like, yeah. like, uh, rubbing your body and, and anyway, so, so there's, so supposedly there are places where it's just cult- culturally understood that like, the woman's the masseuse is going to leave the room and you will either go to the bathroom and masturbate or just masturbate. So they give you extra time or whatever. It's like sort of culturally understood. This is what I read. Maybe these are just dudes who just do it even though it's not culturally reasonable. Maybe everyone does it. Maybe in all massage places, guys just jerk off afterward. Like, you know, honestly, that now that I think of it, because they do leave the room and tell you to get dressed. And it's like, well, I mean, like, um, but the point is, I that, like, like, I think I don't like jerking off when I'm in a rush. Um, this occurs sometimes when, uh, yeah, like maybe it's been a few days and yeah, I'm getting to like the point of irritability and I haven't, you know, really had like a good time to do it. And then like, I sort of want to do it before, I don't know, like maybe I'm doing something where I don't want to like deal with that irritability. Um, and now I have to like jerk off in a rush and yeah, I don't know. I don't like that. I don't like that feeling. This, this goes along this, this reminds me of the 40 year old virgin where, He's going to masturbate and he like no, look, sets up no, candles and everything. I need, yeah. I don't need like the Kenny G music and like the lighting to be right <laughs> and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, I guess if I was at a massage parlor and I just got massaged by a Victoria's Secret model and she's left the room and she's like, oh, you know, you can put your clothes back on now. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I, I, yeah, I mean, if I was sufficiently aroused, okay, it's not going to be a problem. But yeah, it's, I can imagine not, <laughs> I can imagine wishing I had more time. Okay, but 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 what from relevant to the discussion here, the like you said, you asked as a guy, would you want to have sex at all if you couldn't orgasm? And I think the answer is, I think the general answer is no. But I'm saying if you could 
have sex with a woman that you're attracted to and then masturbate soon mm-hmm. afterward. I think that could be fun. Yeah, that's fine. Like I think that like I, I think like that wouldn't bother me. I'd be like, oh, this is because because I would what would happen is I would be like some sort of fantasizing thing. Like you would have all these memories from the thing that happened five minutes ago. And like that would you would it would be yeah, it'd be fine and you would have your orgasm and you wouldn't be frustrated. And you know, you'd probably prefer to have it with her, but I don't know. It could be actually now that I think about it, like I wonder if it would I there are probably almost no women that would agree to this, but it would be kind of interesting to see like if it if because I mean, for example, you wouldn't have to deal with them after your orgasm. Right? Yeah. So like so there I, I realize you really deeply enjoy dealing with another human being right after your orgasm, but many potentially most men don't. Yeah. And so I'm wondering if like actually yeah, basically being being sort of intensively fluffed and then just being like, okay, uh, honey, can you go leave <laughs> now? I need to orgasm Go do now. whatever. Yeah, maybe that actually could be even superior in some ways. Yeah. Um, but but to your the core point that you were making, um, which was, you know, is orgasm essential to enjoying sex for a man? The answer is yes. Yeah, I think it is. Um, um, and honestly, like I think that for women. It's obviously less important for women and that there's a series of reasons I think that makes sense, including biologically, like, um, you know, the male orgasm is necessary to have a kid and the female orgasm is not. But that being said, I I think that there is a large, I I think there's a large cohort of women who also are pretty unsatisfied if they don't have an orgasm. Yeah, I think so So too. I think think it depends on the woman. I mean, yeah, some women have never had one. So, and, and, you know, would still report that it, they enjoy sex. And then on the other side of the spectrum, there's women who are, you know, basically just like men in terms of their uh, orgasm chasing. Sure. Um, yeah. Okay, let's move on. Uh, so there was this thread, and I think you read it. Um, it was posted a while ago and it got actually <laughs> removed, but there's this thing called uh, Removed It, which caches old Reddit threads. Um, anyway, uh, so this person has a PSA, uh, what is PSA again? Uh, public service announcement, uh, that's right. Sex tips for casual flings with strangers. And this is for men, uh, from a woman. And she says, uh, there's a few interesting things about it. All of the tips she gives, I think are worth litigating. And then aren't they all just like hygiene? Uh, I feel like I remember like skimming this and kind of being irritated. uh, No, some of them are, but okay. Anyway, here, let me just read. All right. Uh, the first, well, okay. Sorry. I decided to make this post, not as erotica or bragging or whatever, but just because I've noticed the same issues with a lot of hookups lately. So just treat this as a general PSA with the caveat that every person is different and, and you should just communicate. Basically, if you're hooking up with someone you don't know, if you're hooking up with someone you don't know well from R4R or Tinder, isn't R4R dead? That was the Craigslist thing. Yeah, I mean, those there's like random acts of blowjob. Those things. Uh, yeah, and, yeah. I don't. I don't think those things are real. Anyway, all right. So if you're hooking up with someone, uh, you might benefit from reading this background. Okay, this is incredible, and I and I want to talk about this. I sleep with about ten guys a week on average, seven in the last five days. All my sex is arranged on Tinder and is on a casual basis only. That can't. I. That can't be true. Well, I mean, it can. It's it, like it's physically possible. Okay, let's say. Right? Let's say. Okay, is it really? Yeah, like an attractive woman could. I mean, it, look. The right analogy for this. The right way to analyze this is if you want to understand any sort of sexual possibility for a woman, just imagine it's a gay man. Yeah, that's attractive. That's attractive. I realize 
men also care about attractiveness. I don't. I'm uh, not. I don't. De- I don't debate whether. I don't doubt she can find ten people willing to have sex with her in a week. Right. Uh, but like, just the legit. The logistics alone are complicated. Um. Sure. I mean, it's it's made somewhat like you don't have something like a bathhouse you can go to and just have like repeated. I mean, although there are like frat houses, like that's you know for a, an attractive woman who's willing to have sex, a frat house probably is effectively a bathhouse, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm not sure. Like, I think she could just go. <laughs> I think you, she could go from you know room three A to room three B to room four to yeah. I mean, she could. <laughs> I mean, like like the like. Yeah, like the the only reason that might not work is because the guys would become suspicious because it's so insane, right? Like that's so so such an unusual behavior. But I mean, like which which gets to the next point, which is like this is obviously like mental illness or something, right? Like let's let's assume it's true because it's uh, if it's not true, then it's like okay, this is just somebody posting like a thing to stir up the debate or whatever, or just mess around with people. Yeah. If it is true, like it's this is somebody who's not. Uh, yeah, not right in the head. And the way you know that is because like uh, none of us and none of the listeners of this show have ever encountered a woman doing this. You know, if you have, then please, you know, let's, we want to talk to you, but I, or if you're a woman I mean, who does this, but the truth is you, you haven't because this is not common. I, I'm trying to imagine. So she must be, you know, I mean, she, she really likes sex. It must all be with condoms, right? Because if it's not with condoms, there's like the amount of material in there the, yeah, there's a logistics problem there. Like, I don't know what, like, I think it's fair to assume she's using, I don't know what yeah. volume the like vaginal cavity can hold, but you know, Oh no, it, but it all comes out. Right. I mean, like it, uh, okay. It doesn't all come out. I realize mm-hmm. there's, there's the women who sort of bizarrely, or I think semi grossly say that they enjoy sitting on the subway four hours later and feeling his semen still lingering around their vagina. Yeah. I mean, this is probably another topic for another time, but like, yeah, like where does it go? Like what percentage comes out? Like, can they, uh, force it out in some sort of useful way? I think the vast majority comes out quickly, but yeah. If they want it to. Yeah, I think so. No, no, not even if they don't want it. I mean, if they like by wanting it to, you mean if they stand up then yeah. Well, If they look, can't, here, they, here's like, your, here's... can't they like pinch shut, closed? No. Okay, yeah, I, I don't really know. No, yeah. of course not, because if no, you do know, because if they could, then there would be no need for like products for your period. Well, they just be like, oh, well, I, what do you? I guess, I, like, thought, what, I, guess you... I thought the volume of blood was higher than the volume of semen or something. I I think it is, uh, but it's not that much. The problem with blood, of course, is that it, and it's not just blood. There's like other junk in there, but it uh, it um. It, it you know it's colored it stains and stuff like it's not it's not a very helpful if it was if, clear I mean, if a you know. woman has sex with a man and then like let's say let's say you're like at a let's say you're you're at a beach resort okay and you have you have, you know it's it's after lunch you have sex and now you're gonna put on your bikini and go down to the beach uh do they uh, yeah like can they get all of the semen out in such a way that they're sure that they're not, you know you know they're not gonna Let's say they're wearing like a bikini that's sheer in some way, so that if there's moisture, it's it's obvious. Like, is this a concern well, for them, or like, or can they make sure no. they get it all out, or like, like how does that work? It's not a particular concern because if you look at bikinis, they're like designed to correct for this. Yeah, I think not there's even like a little liner there. There is. It's not, but that liner is not particular. It's for other reasons too, because women have discharge all the right. time, and so look, the question, the right question to ask is like. Could you get enough semen out thus such that the remaining semen is just sort of like normal discharge? And the answer is like more or less yes. Okay. 
So you're not, yeah, you're not, and 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 no women can't shut their vagina. Okay. And today I learned. Today I learned. It would be practical if they could. Like, I mean, that would like I I I think that's like a genetic modification that many women might actually think was pretty cool because then like you you wouldn't you would just be like it's like oh I have my period but I've I shut my vagina. No yeah, problem. I mean, it's gonna, uh, it'd be like it would, uh, going to the bathroom. It would depend how it works. Like, I can stop myself from pooping when I need to, but. I mean, I guess we promised we weren't going to go here this episode, but it's uncomfortable. You could do pee. It's uncomfortable to hold it in. Yeah, or pee. You're, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, good, good save. Yeah, it's uncomfortable. I mean, to it's, hold it, it doesn't have to be sca- long periods of time. Yeah, it doesn't have to be scatological to say that, like, that's like the fact that you have a sphincter makes anal sex trickier and, and maybe painful. And imagine birthing a baby through your anus, right? So there's benefits to having the diff- a different kind of musculature around the vagina. Yeah. Okay. So, um, but anyway, that that was just the uh, pr- prelude here. So I don't think I'm sure it's safe to say that this person would use condoms. And I actually think that um, she could pretty straightforwardly using by taking a shower, <laughs> sort of clean herself out enough and off enough that like there'd be no even even if she was having sex multiple times a day. I don't think necessarily a guy would know. Okay, even if they weren't using condoms. Yeah, I th- that's right. I think that the 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 one caveat to that is I think that as a man, if you were somewhat astute and you were giving her oral sex yeah. like your 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 tongue and your nose as you as you know from living a life are like really really sensitive yeah uh, and so i do think that like your tongue you'd be like huh something doesn't taste right here yeah well and and as a as a semen taste connoisseur yourself you, yeah you might be particularly sensitive to that i think i might be able to taste latex as well though Oh, for or sure. whatever well, that spermicidal lubricant is that's on. I actually think that's a more that's in some ways a more astute observation. Is that like, yeah, I actually think the latex smell might take longer to get rid of, and like that would be a giveaway that she was doing this. Yeah. Although, what percentage of men would care? Well, and like, what so. percentage of men are? Yeah, she might not be having like long experiences here. Like, she might just be showing up and saying like, "Let's go here," and so that you know, there's like less men actually going down on her. Yeah, I mean, one of my frameworks is that like men are in general much grosser than you think. So it's like there's all kinds of situations where I just sort of picture a man just sort of shrugging his shoulders and pulling his pants down. Yeah. And I think women, like the, I, I don't know if there's some equivalent to mansplaining that women do, but I've had women many times to me sort of women-splain that no, guys wouldn't do that. Men are just sort of like like us, like they're, they're sort of picky. And I'm like, no, no, no. no, no. Like if there was a situation where you like know that you won't get caught and there's a woman that's like, it's like if there was a woman like caught in a, uh, you know, in in some sort of like a have a heart trap, like, or, you know, something where she can't. And I think there is like porn of this. Of course there's porn of this. There's a lot of men that would be like, ah, well I'll rescue her, but first I'm going to have sex with her. (laughs) Like men are pretty gross, unfortunately. Yeah. I I mean, yeah, I think they're just not nearly discerning. Yeah, so I mean, yeah, maybe this is real. Okay, well, all right, I'm going to start reading some of her her um, yeah. tips here. Um, trying to figure out where to start because we're—I don't know if we have time to get through all of these. But um, okay, so the, her first tip is: I've never been with a guy who rubs my clit too gently. Seriously, if you're ever thinking, should I rub it with more or less force? Start with less force, especially if she's dry and you're trying to get her wet. Um. The notion of getting someone wet, I think, is a little bit is a little bit of a tell that maybe it's not a woman. But yeah, okay, oh, that's interesting. Just because, just because, like, I don't think I don't think that's really how that, like, 
yeah, men have this tendency, I think, to think of things, all of life as a video game. Right. Yeah, there's it's like, like various, there there's like a button. button combination they can press that will cause her to drip wetness. Right. And many, many times a woman would already be wet if she was excited. And there are women who have less lubrication naturally, but like, I don't know if rubbing their clit is like any sort of surefire, like, like kissing them, it might be better, you know? And so it's sort of like, hmm, anyway, go yeah, on. Okay. All right. So that was, that was too. I, oh, but I agree with like the sentiment there, I think is accurate in the sense of like, uh, yeah, that's probably right. But like you, uh, yeah, I'm sure as light, many as light men as possible. start with way too much force and are confused. And then, yeah, I'm guessing some women might, that might makes, feel uncomfortable giving negative feedback and well, it makes sense because and, and grit their teeth and bear it. Like men have the experience of a woman being too gentle. Huh? And so that's they're true. like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to make that there mistake. might be wrong. Yeah. And uh, frankly, like I've thought about this before. I, I know you probably haven't, but I've thought about the fact that uh, uh, this is probably an issue with gay guys too. Go on. Uh, just like the notion that like, okay, the, the way the situation I've thought about it is like, let's say I was jerking off someone else. So I didn't have the tactile feedback. I suspect I would do it too gently. Oh, I see. Because I wouldn't, I would, I would, I, yeah, I, I actually, because okay, put, let me put this differently. I suspect that you grip your penis. This would be kind of cool to test actually with like a force yeah. meter. I suspect you grip your penis way harder than you think you do when you I masturbate. I think you're right. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's getting the location exactly right, I think is important. Oh, sure. But I, but I also think like, like, yeah, I think you. I think you would surprise yourself, like the number of pounds of force or whatever. No, I think doing. so too. I think I, I probably do use more force than like somebody else's intuition would be to use. But if they misapply it, I think that would be bad. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Um, uh, you're right. If they're if they're just like uh, sandpapering the head of your right, cock or something. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Okay. All right. I'm going to go ahead here. Uh, I can't believe this needs to be said, but just because you've brushed your teeth and rinsed your mouth doesn't mean I won't be able to taste the garlic slash whatever dodgy thing you ate earlier in the day. So if you feel like your hookup would not appreciate the taste of garlic, maybe don't eat it 24 hours before you have sex. That's that. I remember this one and that one sickened me yeah. because I can't, I don't understand how I don't understand if if I was going to have sex with a zillion people like that mm -hmm. quickly, mm -hmm. uh, the last thing I would want to do is kiss them on the mouth. Maybe that's just me, but that's just revolting to me. Yeah. I would much rather like put my penis in their mouth than kiss them on the mouth because it's like, I don't even know you. Yeah. I mean, this was like the, this, this was like basically the main plot of Pretty Woman, right? Um, yeah. Like kissing has like an intimacy, but. Well, you can get you can get the coronavirus. You can get diseases. Yeah, that's true. Although you're probably getting the coronavirus if you're fucking them anyway, because you're kissing them now. If you if you if you just oh did the PIV, that is probably true. I bet coronavirus is more easily transmitted through saliva and oh, like sure. membranes in the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, but here's a PSA. Uh, yeah, no kissing, only sex. Um, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. So keep your mouth clean. Yeah. I mean, look. Paying attention to what you eat for 24 hours on the possibility you might have sex seems like a little bit of a pain. And garlic and onion like taste good. So it's, yeah, it's, that's a little bit to give up. Um, yeah, I've but, actually been in this oh, situation okay. many times, actually. Like, you know, I, I, I date quite a bit. And yeah, like let's say you go to like, let, let's say you're on like a, an early date and you go to, you know, a restaurant that has normal food. Like it's really common for it to have like garlic or onion. And if like you're not sharing uh, it might be polite not to order items with those things. And that, I don't know, that can be sort of annoying sometimes depending on where you're eating. 
I would think this is a key benefit of uh, maybe something like White Claw, but of of, of hard liquor more generally. But like if you, it doesn't take that many hard liquor. Hard liquor would be better, but hard liquor drinks to basically cleanse. I mean, it actually, just, it just nukes. Everything. I actually have uh, an opinion on that. So, I think the reason why garlic and onion sort of like lingers in your mouth is I think it like gets in between your teeth and like sort of binds to the plaque there. I think you. I think if you could. I think you should floss and that gets rid of more than whatever alcohol or, I mean, mouthwash helps as well, but like, I don't know if you've had this experience lately or if you've paid attention, but yeah, like if you eat something like garlic naan and then you brush your teeth, like that doesn't really, it helps a lot, but it doesn't, it doesn't fix it. I think you actually need to floss. Yeah. I mean, I floss regularly so it, i wouldn't be able to tell the difference because i don't I, I floss enough that if i don't floss like I, I can tell my gums don't feel right so i wouldn't know that but uh but i will say this yeah, but you that, can't uh, immediately would... floss after every meal there there are people that do i've seen i've seen that behavior actually people that like keep floss and they go to the bathroom and do it it's unusual uh but i have eaten at a restaurant before an italian restaurant where they served um minced garlic with bread and butter okay. and olive oil and you could eat – so I, I like garlic and so I, I ate a lot of that garlic before, sort of raw minced garlic. Uh-huh. And flossing would not have fixed that. Like like first of all, it's sometimes, it'll give you a stomach ache at some level. So you've got to be a little careful. But I – you could – like I think it was coming out of my pores yeah. subsequently. Like I don't think there was anything you could possibly do. So I think you could yeah. take it to a level where – Yeah. I mean look, <laughs> probably don't go to that restaurant on a first date. But – yeah, I mean, there's garlic and onion at a lot of places. Like, if you have a cheeseburger, there's usually onion, you know, and so forth. Anyway, um, that's true. Let's let's, uh, let's move on. Uh, okay, this person says, if I'm blowing you and I'm making an effort to look up into your eyes, which is, by the way, not as easy as porn makes it look, then maybe look down once in a while and or acknowledge it. Otherwise, I find that a lot of guys just stare anywhere but at my eyes when I'm blowing them. So yeah, a few things here. So if she's having sex with people ten guys a week on average, it's strange that she's interested in making sort of intimate eye contact with them while blowing them. But setting aside like the unrealisticness of this post generally, uh, yeah, yeah, there's like a mechanical thing here. Like, yeah, you have to like angle your mouth in such a way where you can like tilt your head back to like look up at the person. And that seems difficult. Uh, well, yeah, for her, but she's the, that's the point she, she if, if it is a woman, is making. She's saying, is appreciate she... the neck contortion I'm doing here. Right, and the and 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 the the reaction you gave is the exact right one. Like the reason why the guy isn't looking in her eyes is because the situation is creepy. It's like he's <laughs> look, he's he 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 like he's sort of sheepish on some level. Right. He's like, look, I'm getting blown by this person <laughs> who, who I met definitely should ago. not be blowing right, me. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, and she's and so making he, it more intimate than the situation sort of uh, implies. Yeah. And and look, like if you do that as a woman, like a thing to know is like, you're definitely whether you want to or not. And this is how I feel about like a lot of this one night stand stuff. And these women who will say, women generally will say, oh, I, I'm, uh, I'm in control. I can do this whenever I want. Sure. That's definitely true. However, when you do that, you're definitely setting up a power dynamic where you're, where the other, where the guy is more powerful. Like you're basically, cause you're and the reason why is you're giving the guy the thing that he wants immediately and you, whether you like it or not, you're not getting the thing that culturally women typically want 
in exchange. And so you're setting up this sort of weird power dynamic, whether or not you're a woman who just really likes one night stands, that's fine. It's just that like culturally, the man is going to see it this way. And so one of the reasons he's not looking you in the eye is because he doesn't perceive you as an equal. Right. He's like, he's sort of like, look, like he's looking, he sort of looks down on you, which actually has the effect of him not looking down at you. Yeah. He's looking somewhere else. Anyway. Yeah. I mean, th- this person has some issues generally, it sounds like, or they're just lying. I can't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm like leaning 70% toward lying, but. It sounds like, for example, it could be a woman who has frustrations with partners and wanted to error them in a way that people would actually read the post. And so basically created this unrealistic scenario to like kind of make as an envelope around the complaints in the hopes of getting more responses. Yeah. It could be could that. Be. Could be. Um, okay. There's like three more tips here, but I th- let's just do one more. This one. Okay. Variations in positions generate radically different depth. So just because I was okay being fucked hard, say, uh, in regular in regular missionary doesn't mean you can just flip my legs up over my shoulders and proceed to do the exact same thing with the same level of speed and force. The latter position makes you go much deeper, and I probably need more time to adjust. The inverse is true for doggy, in my experience. Regular doggy makes you go deeper, uh, and is harder to take if you're large. But if you do a kind of angle doggy where you're basically lying on top of me and I'm more or less flat against the sheets, then I can usually adjust. But yeah, just be aware that these little movements do make a huge difference. I'm not sure I had internalized that. Well, you know why? Well, what's it? Why you hadn't internalized that? (laughs) Why don't you just say it, Mike? Well, I think the penis size makes a difference here. (laughs) What an asshole. This is, this is definitely a thing I'm very, very, very aware of. And I don't think that I, like I have a, whatever, there's a certain size penis. Maybe it's a certain size woman. I don't know. Where like you become very aware of this and yes, like the, there's like positions where you bottom out and there's positions where you don't. Yeah, and, of course. Yeah. But like, yeah, I guess I didn't, I don't, uh, it feels like, look, if you're going in uh, to the hilt, as they say, like, yeah, like, I don't know. I mean, like, honestly, I think it's better. I, I think it would be, yeah, I think it would be better to have a penis that didn't bottom out because for example, when you have a penis size that bottoms out or whatever, penis and vagina size doesn't, you know, it's like the combination that matters, right? It makes it so there's certain positions like that sort of legs, uh, whatever legs, not legs over your shoulders, but you know what I mean? Like the position where the woman is sort of like a, a little bit of a pretzel. Yep. You can't just pound away in that position. Yeah. You'll notice in porn, actually, quite often the woman will like put her hands on the man's legs. And I yeah. think she's saying like, hey, dude, like. <laughs> she is. Yeah. Uh, it's actually a little awkward to watch sometimes because you can tell that, you know, yeah, it, it makes it obvious that it's fake or it's just being done for the camera anyway. Right. So so what happens is you have a lim- limited set of positions where you can have an orgasm while just sort of like going as deep as you want. And that is an example of a position. And there are doggy style positions that are like that too, where you simply cannot do that because it's like, I mean, you if you you could, you would just have to totally not care about your partner or have them like take some sedative. I assume it's really painful. Like I think, I think it is. Well, she talks about warming up. Like there's. <laughs> yeah. Well, the vagina that that's real. The vagina like tense, right? Like it, 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 grow, it, it, the space in there grows and the cervix. Does it? Does the cervix back. get further away? Yes. Yeah, this is just like basic biology, right? Like, yeah, it, it, it does. And so, and so if the woman's super aroused, you can go deeper, but I don't think, I don't think like, you know, we're not talking like 
four inches deeper. We're talking like a, an inch. Sure. But yeah, I mean, that can make a material difference in her right. pain it's, and your. Uh, yeah, but it's tricky. I mean, like, like I said, I actually think like there's a, an optimal size and the size is just, the optimal size is like just short of being able to bottom out ever. Although that being said, I think there are women that like it when a guy bottoms out. So. Well, yeah, some people like pain more than others, but. Yeah. And it's always, see, this is always tricky because there are many, many women who are sort of accommodating and might decide that they like a thing that they probably don't. But, you know, but look, you can decide you like something that, you know, it's like an acquired taste. You could call it that. You'd be like, oh, I started liking it. Okay. Mm -hmm. You know I mean? Who's to say? Yeah. Um, like some people like pain. They're like, they're like, makes them. Yeah. But there's certain kinds of pain that are different than others. I, I don't know. Like I don't have a cervix, That's true. but it feels like having my cervix smashed would be painful in a way that isn't fun. There are women who claim they like that. There, there are definitely women who are like that. That's the, that's my favorite thing is having my cervix hit. Yeah. Um, okay. I need to go to the track. Do you think, should I, do, do we have time for one more, one more? I don't think so. We've already done an hour and five yeah, minutes okay. here. So All right. I will probably, probably an hour. Actually. I'll wrap this up then. And then maybe we'll start the next episode with this person's <laughs> last two. Uh, sex tips for the for the nymphomania. Um, all right, so that's a wrap on episode fourteen of your mileage may vary. Uh, as a reminder, you can contact us uh, at our email, which is ymmvpod at gmail.com uh, or on our Facebook page, which is just your mileage may vary. Uh, thanks for listening, and we look forward to having you back for our next episode.